is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Friday matchup show with my man, Greg Biggins. GB, we're talking ball. What's up? Hey, what's up? Let's talk ball. Let's talk a little ball, man. Division five. I want to get to division five. But before we do that, Greg Biggins, we got to pay our bills, my man. We got to remind people that on this show, the transparent truth, every week we show love. And we got a Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, and we're back. GB, we're talking ball, man. Nothing more I'd rather do too much other than spend some time with my kids, spend some time with my wife, say hello to my mom, things like that. I love to talk football, man. Let's talk a little ball. Division 5. Got some good matchups. Let's start off. Aquinas Palace Verdes. Talk to me. What you got? So Aquinas top seed. We kind of touched upon it on the Wednesday show. They lost the great... Brandon Rankins, a 3,000-yard rusher. They still bounced back, had a great year. I think they lost their first game of the season uh, and then ran off 10 straight wins. So they are rolling number one seed in this division, the Palos Verdes, 8-3, always tough, always physical, uh, a very good football team there. Apple Valley, Glendora, top racket, Londale, Antelope Valley in the bottom half, Lucerna, and St. Paul, Keith. So four pretty good games. I, I like Aquinas to come out of that top half, but let's just stick to the game. I like Aquinas over Palos Verde. I'm going to take Apple Valley over Glendora. For me, a, a really fun game because the athletes in the game, Lawndale, Antelope Valley, Antelope Valley, the great Jamal Bell, one of the most explosive backs. Lawndale, Jordan will score. And then the bottom half, La Serna and St. Paul. I'm going to go with St. Paul against Lawndale, Apple Valley against Aquinas, Keith. No, I like it, Greg. I like it a lot. I'm going to pick an upset. Go for it. I'm a South Bay guy, as you know. Okay. Yeah. Palace Verdes, very good for a very long time. You can take it to the bank, Greg. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to tackle. They're going to block. They're going to do things right. They're not going to beat themselves. I'm going to take them in an upset over Aquinas. Sorry to my guys over there at Aquinas. But I like Palace Verdes here. I'm a South Bay guy. I think an upset is brewing here. The Apple Valley Glendora games gonna be interesting. Two high scoring teams. They spread the ball out. They get it out fast. They play tempo offense. I like Glendora here to get a W. Moving down the line, Londell. You know, it's it's a deja vu for Londell. Quarterfinal game versus a unassuming Antelope Valley team. 
Last year, Londale and Jordan Wilmore, they went out early in the quarterfinals. Can they get the job done here, get the monkey out of their ba- off their back, and move on to the semifinals? I'm taking Londale here in the newly named World Bowl All-American running back, Jordan Wilmore, to get to the semifinals over Antelope Valley. And then St. Paul, Lucerna. It's going to be interesting. I like St. Paul here. They got a physical defense. Lucerne is very good, and they have been for a while. But I think St. Paul is a better football team, and I got them matching up in the semifinals versus Londale. So St. Paul, Londale, Glendora, and an upset pick of Palace Verdes in Division 5. Let's move along. Let's go to a really strong Division 4. I, I love all four of these games. Top half, we have Cornell Mar, Yorba Linda, Camarillo, Oak Hills. Bottom half, Grace Brethren and Paramount. And yeah. Saugus versus Villa Park. Top half, CDM versus Yorba Linda. I'm a fan of Yorba Linda, coaching staff. I think CDM just pulled too much firepower, too much Ethan Garbers, John Humphreys. I like them on that top game. Probably the most competitive game right here, Keith, we touched upon it at the during the Wednesday show, but Camarillo, who was, I want to say, 8-0 at one point before they uh, lost to Grace Brethren. Um they're taking on an Oak Hills team who has probably the biggest offensive line in the state. Not even joking. We're including D1 teams. Oak Hills is huge. They got a power running game. They are taking on Camarillo, Keith. This is probably the hardest one, I think, to probably to predict. But uh, CDM versus Oak Hills, I think that's what we said on Wednesday. Uh, you still feel that way on Friday? I do. I do. I think this Oak Hills team has something special brewing. I love a team with a physical front, Greg. As you know, football is one in the trenches. If you have a physical offensive line, it facilitates a, a very aggressive and very productive ground game, time for your quarterback, receivers to get open, accurate balls to be thrown. I like Oaks Hill to make a deep run. I got them over Camarillo. Moving on down, you got Grace Brethren, Paramount. Going to be a great game. I think Lontrell Diggs is the difference maker in this game. I've got Grace Brethren getting to the semifinals again as they were a state finalist last year. So Grace still having a great year, even though they lost a bunch of transfers. But I got them in a close one. But I got them over Paramount. I like Grace here, GB. I agree. And then Villa Park and Saugus. I don't know if you touched upon that one already. A couple of couple of teams that are pretty physical. Um, Saugus has been pretty good for a while. They're known for having their big under the light 7 tournament at Saugus that I've gone to a bunch of times. Villa Park, really good football team. They knocked off Servite early in the year. That kind of was kind of their signature win. Only had one loss all year and that was actually reversed. That was the Mission Viejo loss. So they actually are 10-0 right now. But uh, Paul Perferi, good quarterback, um, really good team overall. Uh, Alafazio, a couple of them. Zion is a stud and as good a football player as, as you're going to see at the high school level. So I like Villa Park to meet Grace Brethren in what should be an epic semifinal game. Team. Oh, no, that, that's a great matchup. There's no question about it. Division 4, like we said on Wednesday, has shaped up to be one of the better divisions, one of the more competitive divisions. I think CDM is kind of out in front right now, maybe by a step from everybody else, but they could be upset by either A, Oak Hills, B, Grace Brethren, or C, uh, whoever wins out of Villa Park and Saugus, which it looks like Villa Park is the big favorite. So that championship will be decided on the field and will not be decided on paper. We're very excited about it. Let's move along. Division 3, GB. Division 3, top half. We have Cajon, Paraclete, 
Santiago, uh, meeting Capo Valley, bottom half, Sierra Canyon, meeting Moore Park, and Downey, meeting Citrus Hill. Wants to go ahead and take those four games, Keith. No, a lot of fun. A lot of fun here in Division Three for a couple of reasons. Number one, terrific coaching matchup. We talked about Wednesday. Dean Harrington doing a great job over there at Paraclete. Cajon, they don't shy away from high big-time competition. Jaden Daniels is special. He's as good as you're going to get in terms of a dual-threat quarterback here on the West Coast. What about, you know, the the stork on the outside, Darren Jones, can they match up? I don't think so, but clearly where they can match up is offensively. They're going to put some points on the board, even though that Cajon defense is pretty good. Cam Stevens and company, Jonathan Perkins, they get after people. Uh, I like this game for Cajon, but I like it in a close one. I'm thinking 45-42, Cajon pulls out edges, Paraclete and that Dean Harrington-led squad, but a really, really competitive game. I think it's going to be a lot of points. Take the over here. Moving down the line, you got Santiago versus Capitano Valley. Capo Valley, just a good program. They've been good year in and year out over the last few years. Santiago... Uh, you know, struggled a little bit in the first round game versus Marietta Mason. My guy, Daryl Turner, who's the head coach up over there. But I like Capo Valley here. They got a win versus Lompoc. Lompoc's always been a really good team. The former Toa Towers uh, taking an L in the first round. Capo Valley, San Diego. I like Capo Valley here, GB. Agree. Nathan Manning, the quarterback, I believe he's going to Cal on a baseball scholarship. Sweet. But, uh, he can definitely throw the football as well. Um, but I would agree with both those two picks, Cajon and Capo, bottom half. Sierra uh, Kenyon, uh, off to a slow start, played a brutal schedule, but kept getting better, kept getting better. Uh, they're playing Moore Park, who was also uh, the opposite. They got off to, I want to say, 7-8-0 start, Drake London. That should be a fun game. I'm going to go ahead and go with Sierra Kenyon. And then on the bottom half, Downey versus Citrus Hill. Um, Citrus Hill was a big winner over Damien. And Downey beat up on La Mirada. I like this Downey team. Um, another team that is always good. Citrus Hill, though, Keith, is 11 0 yeah. with the number two seed. They're good. Um, they are good. Yeah. I, I mean, make a call, I GB. Kinda, I, I mean, I kind of want to, I got to pick an upset in one of these brackets. So what, why not? I'll just go, go with Downey in this one. Um, for no reason other than just because I need to pick it up there. Yeah, so no that, doubt. That's my, my hard-hitting analysis right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sierra Canyon, really like them. Um, EJ Gable, man. EJ Gable, since his transfer from Reseda, um, he's been dynamic this year for Sierra Canyon. I mean, you know, no matter who he's going up against, whether it's a Gabe Floyd at Westlake or, you know, a Roosevelt team who boasted, you know, a pretty solid, you know, squad on the defensive side of the ball. EJ Gable is eating versus everybody. He's a, 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 a bully of a small football player. He's got, got that Napoleon complex. He runs hard, fast, and physical for a guy who's about five foot four. But I like the Sierra Canyon team. I'm going with Sierra Canyon over Moore Park. I think Drake London, uh, I I think he gets the ball. I think he scores this game. Uh, DJ Harvey's a good football player, but Drake is the senior. He's got the length. He's got the catch radius. He's got the size. I think he gets a couple. uh, But I got Sierra Canyon. Moving down. Downey Citrus here. I know you want to pick the upset with Downey. I just don't see it happening, GB. I think it's a good game, but I think Citrus Hill, 11-0. I think they pull this out. Citrus Hill. I'm going to call 35, Downey 24 here. Moving along. Moving to Division 2, GB. Yeah. So, 
Division two. Sorry, I had water in my mouth. No, it's okay. You, you stopped you stop too soon for me. Okay, I got uh, you. So with, with, with the top seed, Rancho Verde, taking on Alamany, the fighting Casey Colossus. Yeah. Uh, also in that top bracket, Notre Dame with Sherman Oaks is taking on Los Alamitos. Bottom half, Norco Upland. Uh, most likely or probably minus Justin Flo in that one. And then we have San Juan Hills led by their dominant uh, offensive tackle, Sean Ryan. Also have Cole Albright on the edge playing some really good defensive end for San Juan Hills. Taking on a Calabasas team with their great wide receiver core, Jaden Casey, and a pretty pretty talented uh, group of defensive players that really impressed me in that Oaks, in that Oaks Christian game as well. So yep. I'm just to go real, real quick through these, I'm going with Rancho Verde, Notre Dame, Norco, and Calabasas, Keith. Yeah, Greg. Alamini has not been playing great football uh, down the stretch here. I can't see them rallying the masses, getting up, knocking off the top seed. I just don't see it happening. Love the young talent. Clawson's doing a, a nice job, but I think... They're kind of faltering down the home stretch here. I think they get taken out in the quarterfinals by a Rancho Verde team who was in the finals last year. I believe they won it last year. They yeah. did versus St. Francis and Darius Parenthes, if I remember correctly. So I got Rancho That's Verde correct. here. Uh, no, Notre Dame, Los Alamitos. I think this is one of the better games in the Southland. Two very good football teams. Notre Dame has had a very good football season, but I'm telling you, Greg, Los Alamitos is near to my. It's, it's near my house. I've been reading up on them. Jaden, not Jaden King. They got a young kid up over there. Ah, oh, why am I missing this kid's name? He, he was, grew up as an IE duck. He's like a 6'3", 215-pound receiver who's really good. He's only a sophomore or a junior. Can't remember his name right now. I'm not even going to try. But uh, <laughs> really good football player. I'm going to take them to upset the Bucky Brooks-led, Kevin Rooney-led Notre Dame Knights. Los Alamitos Griffins. They get the up. That's my upset pick here. I like Norco over Upland. Upland, a lot like Alamany, faltering down the stretch. Really stumbling um, as to finish and close the season off. I like Illingsworth, Navarrete, uh, Carnell. They've got some good football players at Norco. They got an explosive attack. I think Upland does not keep up this game. And I think Norco gets them here. The most intriguing game in, in terms of style is the Calabasas-San Juan Hills game. San Juan Hills is going to try to run that football behind Big Sean Ryan. There's no question about it. But that Calabasas defense is much improved. It's no longer a soft defense up front. They're quick. They're active. They're aggressive. And they're physical. They get to the football. They put hats on it. Uh, they, they force turnovers. They hit. I like that group on the defensive side of the ball. They don't get enough credit. I think here is where they step up to the plate and they really claim a spot on that Calabasas campus as a force to be reckoned with. The Calabasas defense steps up, makes a stop late in the game, and they edge San Juan Hills in a good one, but a close one, GB. I got Calabasas yeah. here. Yeah, no, that's all good. I, I think, you know, I, in terms of low sell, I mean, I don't think that'd be an upset necessarily because they got the four seed in this division. So, um, you know, like you said, kind of people kind of sleeping on them. You know, yeah. the, the Sunset League was a little bit down. Edison was down. They didn't play CDM. They had a rain out. They decided not to even make up the game, which I'm still kind of not understanding what happened there. But that's why 
people just don't know how good this Los Al team really is. So that should be a should be a really competitive game. Probably the most competitive in this bracket is that Notre Dame Los Alamitos game. It looks good at Division One, Keith last. Lee, but not least Lee. We got St. John Bosco and San Clemente. We got J. Sarah Oaks Christian. That's the top half. We have Modern Day Mission Viejo and Rancho Cucamonga and Centennial of Corona, who was the number two seed in this division, Keith. Yeah. This is this is gonna be interesting. It's gonna couple reasons here. San Clemente, they, they on paper they look outmanned and over their heads, right? They, they look like they have no shot. Um, but one thing I can tell you about my time at San Clemente this offseason, spending with their team and with Coach Jaime Ortiz is um, they're not going to back down. They're going to show up. They're going to play hard. Now, do they have the four and five star recruits? They don't. Uh, do they have the big Nike deal? They don't. Uh, but they're going to show up. They're going to play hard. They're going to play tough. Um, hopefully they don't beat themselves and hopefully they got a couple of aces up their sleeve and can pull a rabbit out of hat and make this a very interesting game going into the second half. Uh, if you ask me, they've got to do a great job of taking away the big play, the explosive play for that Bosco offense. If George Halani, like he did against modern day, hits you for five and six yards, you got to live with that. What you can't do is give Kobe Bowman a 90-yard catch. What you can't do is give Chris Hudson an 85-yard kick return. If you stay away from the explosive plays and not turn over to football, San Clemente, I think you can get this game into the second half. Flip side to that, St. John Bosco is the bigger, stronger, faster team. As long as they don't beat themselves, I think they're going to be okay. I'm going to take Bosco here to get the W. But I think that the fighting Tritons are going to put forth an effort that we all can be proud of, GB. I think so, too. I mean, they'll, they'll play hard. And I, I know Coach Ortiz is going to have those guys in the right spot at the right time. But like I said before, man, when that, their guy is just significantly better than your guy, all the coach in the world is going to do a whole lot. So hopefully we get that game into the second half and it's going to be a good one. What about Jay Sarah and Oaks Christian? I saw Jay Sarah live against Polly last week. Really impressive team. You don't really see a lot of holes early on in the year. You kind of say, hey, they had a young, unproven secondary. They had a couple of games where they gave up a lot of chunks, a lot of chunk yardage plays. Uh, they had that game against Pinnacle and, and Spencer Rattler. That was a basketball game back and forth. But the secondary is playing better. The pass rush up front is better. The linebackers have been good all year offensively. All kinds of weapons. One of the better offensive lines in the state. A really smart, efficient quarterback. Three wide receivers. An explosive running back. Oaks Christian. Been a little bit more one-dimensional offensively, right? Zach Charbonnet, for me, the top running back in California. They got a big physical offensive line. They got a linebacker playing quarterback. And I love Josh Calvert as a football player. But in terms of a, you know, a, hey, it's third and eight. We got to get this first down. Guy breaks open. You know, who do you trust? Caden Bell or Josh Calvert to make that throw? You know, small window. Can Josh get it in there? You know, I think Josh can expand. He can run. But in terms of being able to be, you know, not just one, but two-dimensional. they got an elite receiver in Bryce Farrell, and he hasn't been able to be used as much as his talent would dictate just because they can't get that passing game going. I think in this game, they're going to have to, Keith, because you know what? You know they're going to set the box. And unlike some other teams that Oaks has played, you know, Jay Ferris got, they got some men in that front seven. 
So their box is going to be uh, a, quite a bit stiffer than some other eight-man, nine-man fronts they saw. So they're going to have to throw a little bit. And then defensively, obviously, Kayvon is going to be their primary factor. Uh, Jay Sarah, you got to pass the tech. you got to keep your eye on Kayvon wherever he's lined up. Um, get the Lenthal brothers who are both really, really good. Zach Charbonnet's going to play some linebacker, some safety. Uh, they're going to be playing, you know, uh, it's going to be a hard physical game. I just see in the end, I just see a few too many weapons, and I just see them being able to do a, a few too many things. Again, just kind of watching that Oaks Christian, you know, Westlake game. That was, you know, a, a tie game until a, a late Jack Lenthal interception return for a touchdown. The Calabasas game with Oaks was pretty close. Jay Sarah blew them out. Um, I just think Jay Sarah, they just look like a, a little more complete team for me right now, Keith. Yeah. Yeah, Greg. Uh, I mean, you hit the nose on the head. Oaks Christian has struggled to establish consistent balance on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Went to the Calabasas game. I thought Calver did a nice job throwing the ball, distributing the ball to the outside, you know, chalking up first downs and really accumulating yardage. But the explosive play just hasn't been there for them in the air. Zach Charbonnet, can he carry this team on the ground? It's going to be tough versus a very physical, and like you talked about, a stiff Jay Sarah front. At that point in time, what comes into play? I think the quarterback run game comes into play. Can Calvert get on the edge? Can he get up the middle out of the quarterback draw and the QB powers and really add that plus one to the box? The outnumber a Jay Sarah front that can get off blocks and be physical and make tackles. That'll be interesting to see. I think... Uh, if you remember, I'm going to reference last year, Greg, Kayvon had a very similar season to his junior year this season in the regular season, right? You know, some people say it wasn't as impressive, maybe a little underwhelming, but it came the playoff, come playoff time, he turned it up two or three notches last year and really dominated, really took over um, as the top player in the state in the playoffs. I mean, he was unbelievable couple sacks last week against Chaminade. Very physical in the run game. So you can see that Kayvon temperature has been cranked up a little bit. He's going to need to be at the tip top of his game. He needs to be a disruptor, a game wrecker, and a offensive destroyer against Jay Sarah. That doesn't mean become undisciplined. That means play with your hair on fire. That means play in the other team's backfield. That means lead by example, physically, psychologically, emotionally. He's got to be special this game if Oaks Christian's going to win. In addition to that, they've got to be able to hit some explosive plays in the passing game. Whether it doesn't have to be down the field, it could be tunnel screens. It could be swing screens to Charbonnet. they got to be able to get the ball out on the perimeter and try to use some of the speed and athleticism that they do have. Jay Sarah's got a really good defense led by two linebackers who can play ball, uh, you know, any team in the state. I really like Zamanje Duncan as a corner. Uh, Calvin Moussier is very good defensive back as well. He's long, he's athletic, he's committed to UC Davis. Uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I might not make that trip now to San Juan Capistrano. Now that you said it's online, GB, I might have to sit back at the house, grab me a cup of something, grab me a bowl of something, and just do me. But I'm going to take a shocker here. I'm going to take Oaks Christian here. I'm going to take Oaks Christian here. I think the Charlie Collins-led Oaks Christian Lions, they go on the road. 
They step up big. Calvert makes some plays in the passing game. I think they get a special teams play out of Farrell. I think Kayvon dominates the trenches. And I think Charbonnet pops a big run late in the game. And I think they get J. Sarah 21-17. I'm talking Oaks Christian here with an upset over the J. Sarah Lions led by Caden Bell and all those really good wide receivers, Shimmy, T. Luck. Man, they got guys, Munir. But as, as something is telling me, Oaks Christian here, Greg. Something is telling me. I know Jay Sarah is probably the favorite, probably by 10 points or so, maybe even 17. But I'm taking Oaks Christian here. Something tells me that they're going to get this done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think most people w- would probably say Jay Sarah was the favorite. But again, remember, Oaks is the, is the higher seed. And, and uh, you know, they, they earned that. They earned that number four seed in this sure. bracket for sure. So bottom half, modern day, Mission Viejo. We said it on Wednesday's show. Chad Johnson, Mitchell head coach, former Bosco OC, knows modern day better than anybody. He's gone up against that defense and offense um, several times for the last five, six, seven years. He came over to Bosco with Jason Negro, and he helped build that thing up. So he knows modern day. So a lot of game within the game thing keys for me is, is Mitchell Bay has got a really good pass rush. They got multiple guys that can get after the quarterback. They play with an edge. Some people will say it's a little bit too much of an edge. They had three or four personal fouls, late hits on the quarterback uh, against San Clemente. The game they lost. Uh, a lot of that due, was due to all those 15-yard penalties. Um, happened against Orange Lutheran as well. Where you know, again, Helensky mentioned he got hit late. We're talking like three seconds late after the play. They're going after Bryce Young. They're going after, going after him with all they got. No one is better at it. escaping. And extending than Bryce Young, but they're going to hit him. They're going to hit him quite a bit if they can. And so Bryce needs to be, you know, get rid of the ball quickly. They got to find guys, you know, whether it be Broom Coy, whether it be a secondary receiver, whether it be Big Mike, uh, Sean Dawes out of the backfield. They got to find a way somehow to slow that pass rush down. Remember, Miles Morale was out with that broken leg, so they're sliding over a natural guard, Ty Marks, who's already playing out of out of position at right tackle. Now he's playing left tackle kind of having to adjust to that offensive line uh, and then defensively you know Joey Yellen you know gifted pure pocket passer one of the better pure pocket passers there is but one thing about Joey he doesn't have great escapability he's more of just a, a you know a drop back timing rhythm thrower modern day will come after you they, their passes has gotten better every single game they really really played great defense against Jay Sarah. Uh, and Caden Bell can escape, and they hit him for about five or six sacks. So you're going to see, you know, Ware Hudson. You're going to see Bruce McCoy off that edge. They always have a bunch of dynamic blitz packages as well. And that secondary, you know, is tough. So JoJo Forrest and Achille Arnold need to make plays, but it's tough. And you got, you know, Nemo and Ricks and Green Warren and Cordell and those guys on that back end. So um, a lot of fun game within the game matchups, but I think a lot of them kind of lean toward modern day. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do, I do see modern day kind of coming out of this game with a win. No, uh, you broke it down, Greg. It's going to be a great game. I have modern day, but I think, again, I think it's, you know, closer than the experts think. I know they have modern day as, as kind of a, a 21 point favorite here. I, I don't see it being that big. Mitch Viejo's a really good team. They got an excellent football coach. They got really good players, and, and uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. I, I probably say uh, something like, you know, 38. 28 
38, 24, 38, 26, something like that. It's going to it's gonna be relatively close. I think Monterey may have too much in the end, but Michigan Hill's good. They got a lot of seniors. Those guys are going to play with their hearts and uh, good luck against the Monarchs. Yeah, and, and again, no, no disrespect um, to a, a really solid Ranch Cucamonga Cougar team. Um, great respect for what they've done, losing, you know, first forward and, and rallying. But if there's if there one game, Keith, that just – you could probably say this one might get ugly. This this is the one game that could be a, a lopsided score. It's probably this one. Centennial against Ranch Cucamonga. And, again, it's no disrespect um, against the Cougs, but Centennial is just that good. De- defensively, they're shutting teams down. Held Olu to seven points last week. Obviously, their backup quarterback was out, but that's still a, a high-powered, you know, Trinity League team, and they really shut them out for most of the game after that first drive. Offensively, they've really come around and, and played well. Multiple running backs. You know, Freeland has really stepped up. Quality, quality quarterback. Touched on the receivers. Um, Smith, Alvarez, Bryant, um, Retzlaff. All four of those guys can yeah. make plays after the catch. The two-headed monster at running back. They started, I want to say, Keith, three freshmen at, on the offensive line. So early wow. on, they couldn't run the ball at all. Now those freshmen aren't freshmen anymore, right? They're, right. Now they're right. experienced. They played 10-11 games. So Centennial, no weaknesses. I didn't, didn't mention that defensive front. Uh, Stephen Demore at linebacker. Isaiah Young in the back end. Um, just no real weaknesses in that Centennial team. And I just think it's gonna be, it might be a long night for Ranch Cucamonga. Yeah, I mean, Okiki is a linebacker who I like. Uh, I mean, he's quick. This kid runs the ball. When he gets there, it's a train wreck. Um, And he really stands out on tape. If you kind of take a look at him, he's got a tremendous burst to the football. He can close and finish. Really like him. You talked about uh, C.V. Nomura. He's, you know... Just got back from Iowa State on a trip, but he's a difference maker at linebacker. Isaiah Young is a playmaker in the secondary who can pick the ball off and go the other way. Um, They've got a really good team, but I think what stands out to me the most, Greg, is the quarterback's ability to be accurate right now and put the ball on these receivers and allow them to chew up yards after the catch. And I think that's, you know, kind of – that's the unspoken – kind of effectiveness of a Matt Logan-led team. When you think about Logan, you think about the running game, or you think about the deep ball, uh, but a lot of times their catch and run game is really special. I mean, Gary Bryant against Chandler early in the year, he went berserk on the catch and run. He got two last week. Rhett's laugh, he gets one a game. Smith, he gets you know down the field, and he makes plays. I know that uh, Brandon Alvarez, he's playing a little bit more running back now, uh, now that Octavio Cortez, I think, is out. But nevertheless, he's a productive football player. He's got a lot of talent. And uh, the Huskies, man, big-time team. And uh, I got them moving on. So that kind of wraps it up for us on this episode of the Friday hey, Matchup Keith, real, Show. You know, real quick, what do you got? another what do you got? guy I wanted to shout out, again, I, I, for whatever reason, just kind of the forgotten guy in that secondary, but Jaden Williams, number eight. Yes, the guy that we both talked about after I want to is either the Edison tournament or the Mission Viejo tournament, but this is a good looking kid. I mean, he's six one and two hundred pounds in a big physical corner. And talking to you know Dennis Jackson a couple nights ago, he was saying, "Dude, this guy's been locking up some really quality receivers. Did a great job on Kyle Ford. Uh, shut out Jaden Navarrete. This guy is, is a potential you know elite player if he transitions transitions to safety in college or stays at that as that big corner." So. You add him to Isaiah Young. Young can cover cover those you know quick shifty guys 
Williams matches up against the taller physical receivers. So that even again, it, that's a really good Centennial team and probably their best defense in a decade. It's going to be fun, GB. Let's wrap it up, buddy. This is the Transparent Truth Matchup Show. Thank you for joining us. Please tell a friend to listen to the Transparent Truth. It's the best high school football podcast in America. I challenge you to show me something or give me something different. From my man, Greg Biggins, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.